welcome to the Biggie Bastards podcast, where we're going to talk about some good music so you know how to be cool like us and listen to all the good stuff. Uh, You're like an 80s radio DJ, I love it. Yeah, I am an 80s radio DJ. (laughs) That's my dream. Well, as you can already hear... Were you born in the 80s? Yeah. I got a whole whole six months in the 80s. (laughs) Wow. Uh, here we go again with the abuse on the well, age. Uh, well, I'm, I'm joined by Nick and Fran, um, as you've already heard from their abuse. Mm. Um, hi, abuse. gentlemen. Hello. Uh, hi. How are hi. You? Hi. Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to talk about some music. And I'm also very sleepy. So we'll see how this I'm goes. over as well, apparently. No, just a little. Just a, a We're so professional. We're so professional. Mm. I mean, it's, there's probably out of 41 episodes, we've probably at least on 27, one of us have talked about how hungover we are. Yeah. Yeah. I think I still yeah. got the record, though, for the one where I was literally ready to cancel without five minutes to go because I thought I was just going to throw up all yeah. the way through the podcast. Yeah. That was, well, you sold that was a you high soldiered point. on through. I did. I did. That's and that shows your professionalism. Mm, exactly. Mm. And so, as as we're being very professional, before I tell you the albums and playlists, I'm going to just say that if you really like what we've talked about so far, <laughs> you should go to pickybees.com because <laughs> you can go and read some of the stuff that we've written and probably what you want to see, want to actually read is what other people have written about yeah. music. And so it is actually genuinely good. Yeah. 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 Most um, of the articles start normally as well. There's not 10 paragraphs of people just talking bollocks. Yep. So we just get on with it. Yeah. And and we actually we have a fun Twitter as well. I'd say I'd say it's fun. And <laughs> we just finished uh, a a, t- a tournament <laughs> about uh the UK number once and which we said Ghost Town by the Specials was number once. Or we didn't say yeah. it, everyone else did. It was yeah. a tournament, everyone voted. Thank God it wasn't Human League who got to the semi final. But anyway, let's move on from there. Uh, I think I think the top eight were all fantastic. It was it was good. Anyway, we have today. We're not we're not talking about UK number ones. We're talking about five different albums and a playlist. And those albums are Nick Cave and Warren Ellis with Carnage, uh, The Body with I've Seen All I Need to See, The Antlers with Green to Gold, Dry Cleaning with New Long Leg, and Doctor Octagon with Doctor Octagonologist. <laughs> um, which I'm gonna say. A couple more times, and I'm never going to be able to say it right. Um, but yeah, you can read it when you Google Dr. it, Dr. and it'll come up. I think I've got it nailed, Doctor Octogonicologist. You, you, yeah, I, yeah. You're well a done. word person. Thank you. Um, I also I'm going to be talking at the end about Bombay Bicycle Club, and we have a playlist um, which uh, is available on Spotify, along with all of these, which you can also get through PickyBees.com, our favourite place. Um, so, to get us started, I'm going to ask Nick a question, and that question is, which album had the best moment in it? Well, I'm going to be really, really kind to the two of you and give you the opportunity to get your blinkered kickoff against one of the albums over with and say that I think uh, Eschatological Imperative by The Body is the best moment in any of these albums particularly at the very start of the song. Uh, there's this kind of super low-frequency wobbling kick drum. I think it's kick drum, uh, which is such an intriguing sound. Um, and to be honest, 
when I first heard the album, I was really, I really kind of debated whether or not things like the, in the opening song, A Lament, there's this point where it literally <laughs> stops playing the music. Like it gates to the point where there is silence, uh, cuts in and out. And I really wasn't sure if they'd gone too far in terms of making this completely unlistenable. Uh, I know what Fran will say on this, but for me, in the end, it was worth the sort of destabilizing nature of that experience. Um, and the band uh, is, is very like, there's a lot of other bands similar that I, I enjoy, like Sun, uh, Sun O, uh, Divide and Dissolve, who I wrote about on the website a few weeks ago. Um, mm. And, and they're, they're really bands all about tone, like I've talked about so many times before. Um, the, the thing that usually ruins metal, uh, even sort of drone and death metal albums for me, usually is, is the vocals. Um, but on this album, I think they were actually generally pretty well mixed. They were mixed kind of fairly back um, and kind of comfortably uh, sitting in the track. If anything could be comfortable in an album as angry as this. Um, so, yeah, I think overall I really enjoyed the album. Uh, I think Tied Up and Locked In was probably the high point in terms of its unbelievable viciousness. Um, it, was, uh, it was an exhausting listen, uh, but it was uh, something I really was able to sink my teeth into. And, uh, yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was really great. And, again, that, and I'll say it one more time, eschatological imperative, because I wasn't sure I'd be able to get that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm impressed was the best that you could. So, yeah. yeah. So now Fran's got to think of something else to back up because he was obviously going to say that was his worst moment of the whole podcast, um, the whole playlist. Shall I go then? Yeah, jump in. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't going to say it was my worst moment. Um, to be honest, wow. yeah, I, I, I remember Manji would both think you know how I feel about this album. And I'll start by saying, yeah, I couldn't listen to it all the time. And I certainly listened to it less than some of the other albums on the podcast. It's not really a nice, calming album to listen to when you're working from home. But <laughs> in comparison to some similar albums we've covered here on the podcast, I, I actually really got into this. Not, I well, got into it might be going far. Might be going a little bit far, but I, I really converge, yeah. got a bit of... I got a bit of leeway with it, and I kind of felt like I could get my head around it. I think it was... What it was was it, was, it felt successful in what it was aiming for, for me. I think it did a good job of what it wanted to do. Um... I think it builds a really oppressive, urgent atmosphere really well. Um, it's interesting you talk about the drums because I think it's the percussion that makes this work for me. Mm. Um, I think the percussion is really powerful, really overwhelming. That song that I'm not going to try and pronounce because you've just done it so well. So it's logical for people. Imperative. Um, I think that was yeah the highlight on the album for me. Um, I think the rolling drums on that really ramp up the sort of feelings, and I can imagine it being extremely intense in a live setting um what it reminded me actually was of when me and you went to see the swans mm. nick um, yeah, absolutely and i felt there was some similarities here with the swans um but with the swans it's light and shade i think here it's pretty much entirely shade um <laughs> but i think where it differs from something like say the liturgy album that we covered here is that it doesn't feel chaotic it feels purposeful um and i think it achieves its purpose pretty well um but yeah in the, in the long term it's probably not an album i'm going to stick on again but it was nice for me to sort of listen to an album like this and actually get something from it um usually these are the albums that i just sort of skip and, and don't come back to and that wasn't the case here i mean i couldn't listen to it every time i went through the playlist but when i could get in the mood for it i actually i actually 
got quite a bit from it. So, yeah. From that, I'm going to take that you've become a massive drone noise core fan. And from now on, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it's going to be noise drone core. not the case. That's, but it's interesting that's, that's to see what you said news. about um, the vocals. Because I, I, I'm trying to pick up why the vocals didn't grate on me in the same way that they did on, say, the Liturgy album. And I think you're right that they're further back in the mix, aren't they? They're not mm. quite as... Um, you know, they, they don't dominate in the same way. Um, I kind of wish he'd done a bit more with his vocals and a bit more with the what he was saying in the songs because then I think maybe I could have really liked this album. Um, but I was still pleased that I could get some enjoyment from it. Yeah. Matthew. Very cool. Um, dis- disappointingly, I have quite a lot of the same words written down that Fran mm-hmm. talked about in my notes. I actually have similar feelings. It, it does. Um, it is obviously incredibly like obscure and oblique, and again, it's oppressiveness. But I found that actually a lot of the time when I listen to it, not always, but a lot of the time, it imbues me with a lot of energy. Um, and so I actually got a relatively quite a lot from this. And I also thought it was pretty accessible for its genre. Mm. Um, I've been, for me, I've been like I've been playing a lot of uh, Bioshock recently, which is like this dystopian video game. And I've also been listening to a lot of uh, soundtracks. Like um, I've been listening to John Carpenter's new album quite a lot. And even though they're quite different genres, the music that's like in, say, like Bioshock or John Carpenter's music, it does feel like this could do well accompanying some of the like harrowing moments of like a game like that or a, or a movie. Um, and so it kind of slotted into that kind of vibe for me in that I could I could put it on and it had this like sense of feeling it would give me um and and it would help help me while i'm working (laughs) the 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 danger and the 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 putting me on edge made me like uh like like i said it imbued me with energy while i worked for some reason Um, this is moving from like a nice amount of support for an album that i really like to just pissing me off now you're breaking the mold here both of you and it's not acceptable I can't well, take this. You just want us to be contrary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the main thing for me, actually, that differs from you guys is I, I actually found the first few tracks harder to get into because they were more, I guess, um, disjointed. There was a lot more going on. And I actually, um, probably for better or worse, like that kind of soundtrack thing that I was like hooking onto, I found much easier to grab towards with the um the la- the latter songs because they were a little bit less dynamic um they're a little bit more like um I, I wouldn't say easy listening but they were <laughs> less challenging yeah, you, you wouldn't say that that would be inappropriate no <laughs> no um and so i yeah I, I guess i got the most from different set of songs to you it sounds like you guys but um i definitely definitely uh, enjoyed its place right Fantastic. Interesting. Cool. Fantastic. Right, well, um, next up, we're going to be asking a very similar question, except uh, a bit more negative. So, Fran, which album had the worst moment? Um, I think most of the worst moments on this playlist were on the same album, and that album was Dr. Octagonicologist by Dr. Octagon, this month's classic. 
Um, mm. I had put in my notes that I wasn't going to try and pronounce the title as we would have already heard Matt struggle with it, but it seems I'm really good at it and Matt's terrible at it. I'm going to keep saying oh, yeah. that. Um, Make the most of it. I'm going to pick out the entire intro as the worst moment on this playlist because it's arguably <laughs> the cringiest thing I've heard in a very, very long time. Um, so when Matt picked this, I was immediately quite concerned uh, about the album because, you know, it's called Dr. Octagonicologist and I knew it was called Keith. Um, Wait, what's it called again? Just what? what Dr. Octagonicologist. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, nice. So, yeah, I was pretty concerned about what it was going what, what it was going to focus on. Um, and basically the intro is a one and a half minute skit, which means reads like a terrible porn script and basically confirms that Cool Keith just wanted to write a fantasy about him being a doctor so he could get wanked off by his nurses and patients. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty gross. The, in- the intro just talks about him exploding all over the walls and ends with the wonderfully, really clever line of fuck my pussy doctor, which, you know, is, uh, is very clever. Um, so yeah, it's pretty gross. It does feel like the un- this uncomfortable element of the album just keeps returning again and again. So like the song called "A Visit to the Gynecologist," which I'm sure you all struggle to figure out what that's about, but um, again, it seems to be a skit about a male doctor pretending to be a woman so that he can touch up his patients. So that's lovely. Um, and then there's the song "Girl, Let Me Touch You," which again, you know, I, I'm not going to even go into that one really. Um, yeah. I'm crying over here. This is amazing. Total, yeah, okay, carry on. Sorry. In a way, it's all a bit of a shame, really, that that is so central to the album. Because if you take all that horrible disgustingness out of it, it's actually quite an enjoyable 90s hip hop album in its sound. Like, there's some good tunes. His flow's pretty good. Um, it's Cool Keith, so obviously we know his flow's pretty good. But it's got a fun sound. It's got an inviting sound. But when you really listen to it, it's it's just all too creepy and sex pesty and um, just was obviously written some fun, fucked up sex dream that he had and just wanted to turn to an album. So it's it's a massive, massive no for me in the end, thank you. And I'm not really pleased that you made me listen to it, Matt. Um, <laughs> what a, Matt, why don't you jump in and defend it? Because I'm sure you're going to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that is definitely a sticking point. Let's... let's... <laughs> Because he does, yeah, like the, one, the, the visit to the gynecologist, especially, is is essentially him um, documenting a, a rape, which is, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, uh, yeah. There's the interstitials in this, and the the thing weaving together the narrative is just fucked up and not cool. And I, yeah, I don't think anything anybody would think that uh, we we're particularly condoning this or positive about this. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I but I, I reckon I recommended we listen to this based on hearing I had uh, blue flowers while listening to what I think I was watching Silicon Valley the TV show and I heard blue flowers and I thought this is a, a weird kind of cool song, um, and then I found out it was related to Cool Keith and was like oh I haven't lis- really listened to him so let's suggest this, um, and it is like reading around is like his most critically acclaimed solo project and like mm-hmm. i can see why like in the music there's a lot of cool stuff going on um yeah. it's also um the first album for dan the automator who um did the production for the gorillas debut and a bunch of other stuff i think his next okay. album after this was corner shop um mm-hmm. with like the the album with brimful of asher and stuff 
So he's been all Slightly over the place. Slightly less porny album second. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's he figured his shit out after, after this. That, that album <laughs> from Russia and stuff. Name any other uh, stuff? <laughs> any other uh, prim- he did. He did a prime. Prim- I don't, well, I don't, I don't know that album. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I just know it's the one with Brimful of Asher. Exactly yeah. my point. Um, and I like I like the tone of the music, like the mm. whole idea of like it feels like the future but like the science the science fiction future that was envisaged in the late 80s 90s as opposed to what actually the future is it's like hammy noiry um almost like total recall um kind of a vibe to it um and so yeah like there's a lot i could say about like the music he's obviously very good at what he does the beats i think are interesting with the like the heavy synths and the samples that just match the tone that he's trying to hit it's just the issue is the center of that tone is um mm. the, the narrative which is not great but yeah i think i, I think i might still keep i still listen to blue flowers on its own because i really like that song <laughs> i can't pick out which one is this is the problem i had with the album is because if i listen to it and the first couple of times I listened to it, I probably obviously the first time I'm, I played that intro, <laughs> I was working. Um, yeah, my my girlfriend was in the next room working, and it just does sound like a porn film for the first <laughs> minute and a half. And I was just like, uh, in the middle of a session, like an online session at work. And yeah, I just had to quickly turn it off. But once I got past that, and would just have it as background music, it it does sound like a good album. It's just when you really get into it and spend time listening to it like we have and you realise what is at its heart, it just it's just unlistenable to me. Um yeah. to be yeah. honest. But what about you, Nick? Did you love it? So um actually no. Yeah. No. Um so it I thought um yeah, I mean the things you said are true, whose flow is solid. Um I, I actually thought musically uh it was I mean it was it hadn't aged well in the sense that it was very structurally basic and it, and it didn't I wasn't interested in that personally. I I kind of can't fault it because that was the time, uh, but it didn't. It's not something I'd go back to musically speaking. Um, I thought um, so. I can sort of see the value of it in that respect musically, just musically. Um, mm-hmm. His flow is his flow is solid, as I say. But I, I kind of put down that the the album seemed very silly. I mean, I think it is mm-hmm. absolutely. Fran is dead right that it is um, kind of nauseatingly uh, wrong on so <laughs> so many points. It's also so childish. It was kind of mm. annoying. It was like, yeah, it was kind of like it was being narrated by like a, a an eleven year old or something, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Totally. You're not a young man by this point, cool key five. Yeah, not a young, so it was, it was really childish, and that that kind of pissed me off. Um, so and and all the yeah the little initial bits like uh, one of them's I got to tell you that doctor leaving a voicemail message um, mm. was an example. Yeah, all that stuff was yeah. Cringy. So no, um, didn't like it, uh, and I can see why musically it had some significance, but I wouldn't be going back to it. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting on the music side of it as well, though, because I think listening to it the first few times I heard it, um, and I was, you know, musically it's quite interesting. It's a callback to some of the stuff I liked. I actually would have when I was first hearing it that it was maybe from the late eighties, early nineties, um, when actually it's a nineteen ninety seven album. So. I think when I, the first few listens I had, I was like, oh, you know, this is an era of when hip hop was just getting, you know, really mainstream and getting really interesting and and the beats were, but actually, in a way, the beats 
are dated even when they came out, I think. Um, I think they are more 80s, early 90s than they are sort of late 90s. So I think even in that way, I mean, you think stuff like Dre was coming out, like 2001 and stuff was coming out a couple of years after that. Um, so I think it, it does it does stand dated even when you when you actually think about when it came out in a way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I guess that I guess yeah 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 disappointing. I wasn't really having a go at you, Matt. I know that you didn't choose it on purpose to, to put us through that. Oh yeah, yeah. But... yeah. To be honest, I didn't put together the, uh, the, <laughs> the 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 title with the implication, and I didn't look at the track list. So okay. maybe if I'd done that, I, I would have screened it. But, I think um, now we've had a few occasions where. One of us has like stayed the other, and the entire point is that it's blind playlist, <laughs> so we so, don't yeah, know what we're so, going to get. That's the whole so, point. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, well, uh, yeah. Let's switch to something hopefully better. Nick, what was maybe your favourite uh, album that we haven't well, covered so far? We haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go with uh, Carnage. I'll go with the Nick Cave. Um, mm. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was extremely beautiful, consistently throughout the whole album. Very hypnotic, um, very uh, consistent uh, in its flow all the way through, um, sort of sumptuous. Um, it was lyrically uh, showing the mastery that he's established over many, many years. Um, and, you know, there were so many uh, sort of moving aspects to it. Um, so I did, I did really enjoy it. Um, I think it didn't really... On the downside, it didn't really move his work forward for me from the Ghostine album, which uh, absolutely blew me away. Uh, it didn't strike me as, as anything on there that I would sort of move, that, that I would prefer to Ghostine, or that felt like he had progressed. Uh, and obviously, he's done God knows how many albums, so he doesn't you know, maybe he doesn't need to progress at all. But I, I kind of had that hankering for something slightly more new. And this sounded like, um, I mean, this sounds more harsh than it's intended, but this it sounded like a sort of B-size to Ghostine, in a way. Um, I think it also misses the rest of the band, uh, even though Was and him are, are great and they, they've done so much and they are, you know, the centre of, of, the, of the Bad Seeds. Uh, I think it could do with, with, with a wider range of instrumentation overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so for sort of a hardcore fan like me, um, it was definitely still enough. It was, I'll, I'll go back to it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and you know, there's no question that it was uh, it was really a great album on many levels. But I think it would be nice to see something. Uh, this just felt like an in-between album, and I think on those le- on that level, it's perfectly okay. But if this was the next Nick Cave and Vatid's album, I would probably be in a little bit disappointed versus Ghostine. That's where I put it. What was anyone else thinking? Cool. Frat. Me. Um, yeah. Yeah, in all, all honesty, I've been struggling a little bit to listen to Nick Cave for for a while now. Um, I've been a big fan for a long time, and Push the Sky Away in particular is up there with with my favourite albums. Um, and I was really, really into Skeleton Tree when it came out. You never but really I got found, into Ghosting ghost at all, though, did you, from what I remember of our conversation? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm about to sort of touch on that a little bit. Um, yeah, because I did find that I loved Skeleton, Skeleton Tree when it came out, and then I started to find it quite... A difficult listener now I know it's a difficult listen but in terms of its emotion emotional weight and everything but I started to find it difficult just in general to really to really have the same involvement with the album I found I started to go off that a little bit which did lead to me kind of ignoring Ghosting a little bit when it came out but when we put Carnage on this um list I thought I need to go and listen to Ghosting a few times um 
I'm, I'm going to say, I, I, I didn't really get into it particularly after a few listens. And maybe it just needs more time, but it just, I just oh, felt a bit it's a way better album than Skeleton Tree, I think. Yeah, but see, I, I, I don't agree with that. Mm. Um, I definitely don't. But, but particularly, um, I think listening to Carnage, listening to the month of Carnage, it kind of embedded in me that I'm just a little bit done with this sound of Nick Cave, this current sound that he seems to be on. I was hoping with Carnage that he might... You know, it's called Carnage. I was hoping we might see a bit of a switch up and that it might let loose a little bit. And I think that's kind of what you're saying a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you you're, looking for, you're looking for Grinder Man and you get him Nick Cave on yeah. his own doing piano. And it just stuff, felt yeah. a bit like this is now three albums that, you know, Push the Sky Away, I think, was And the, the piano album as well he did change. last year, the, the live yeah, album we did. Idiot yeah. Prayer. I kind of didn't listen to that either. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, but yeah, similar, very similar again. You're right. Yeah, but spending a month with this really just sort of embedded those feelings that I'm a little bit done at the minute. I mean, I can admire it. I think there is some real beauty there. I think he's a strong lyricist as always, but nothing makes me want to listen to this album. There was nothing that made me want to come back to it. It's it's all a bit too dirgy and flat for me. I think White Elephant is really interesting until it becomes very, very dramatic towards the end. I think Albuquerque is a very beautiful song and it's definitely the standout. But then for me, it just merges into Lavender Field, Shattered Ground and Balcony Man at the end. I just feel like the album just goes into this drifting, meandering ending that's, yeah, it's kind of beautiful, but it kills any of the interest that had sort of peaked earlier. And I think by the end of the album, it all just feels very samey and tired. And I just don't feel any need to listen to it again. And I just hope that we see something different from him, even though it is a beautiful album. Nick Cave makes beautiful music but it's just a bit tired at the minute for me. I would agree that Carnage, which is only the third track, is, is I think is the strongest track on it, the, the title track, and, and that's, you know, early. the first half of the album is better than the second half. Mm. Um, but I think it's an interesting point you raise about the sort of looseness of it. I think in the last couple of albums, he's developed a, a really interesting direction in terms of being so fluid, musically mm. fluid across the beat and stuff with all the musicians he works with that you want the songs sort of almost, almost fall apart. Um, and sometimes maybe they do actually fall apart, but in, in the case of the Ghostine album, I, I think they still have a, a solid structure, um, but they just have this blurring of the edges there, which I find really, really um, riveting. But yeah, mm. anyway, we can, we can agree to disagree about that. But yeah, uh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. What do you think, Matt? Um, yeah, this, I've never really liked Nick Cave that much. <laughs> Like that's I've not acceptable. To, that's going too far there. That's not acceptable. Sorry. I've, well, I've I've listened to I've tried to like Nick Clave. I've listened to a lot of his albums, and I always like find you know, a song or two that I like. Oh, this is cool. And um, I've never like. I know people are obsessive about him. Um, oh me though. I'm, I'm I'm just a totally normal fan. I'm not obsessed at all. I know what you're talking about. He's <laughs> just regular musician. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Sorry. You, you sound I mean, the like fact that you won't let any of us finish a sentence while we're talking about him, Nick, is, is, yeah. is evidence that that's not true. Yeah, okay, I think we need to put him on the naughty step for 30 seconds. <laughs> the way I'll you're talking away, sounds yeah. like you need your next, <laughs> your next fix. I do, I you're do. We're going to play in the background uh, while we're yeah. continuing recording this now. I think it's, it's not really a surprise, though. I don't think that it's not my uh, really my bag because he's he's very literary. Um, his music is, as Nick would describe, probably it's not super chirpy. And <laughs> as as we're going to get into <laughs> later with my my um, introducing band, I like a lot of like very poppy and chirpy music. Shit, I've got to cross um, out the word chirpy. I have all my references now. <laughs> the rest of these notes. Yeah, <laughs> me a minute. Um, <laughs> And so this this definitely isn't that. Like I, I I do like some of the tone it sets at the beginning, where it's like dark and brooding. And I do think 
when I've listened in the past to him, where he's more dramatic, I mm. often like it more. Um, but yeah, this it just descends into something that's pretty straightforward and not particularly engaging. I ask if you like Grinder Man. Have you tried Grinder Man at all? Yeah, yeah, I like I like Grinder Man a, a, a more. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Um, and then yeah, I think Fran mentioned White Elephant or higher the yeah White Elephant, um, yeah. and it ends in some like. It does get more dramatic, but it's this weird gospel fusion. And I'm just, I think there's a lot of people infusing gospel into their music at the moment. And a lot of people are doing it really, really well. And this wasn't done well. It felt like an afterthought. Um, Felt much closer to something like Blur's Tender than it did to Mm. anything that's really... Like, I like that song, but it does feel very cheesy. A, you know what? It sounds very like Tender. I hadn't thought of that until you just said it, but it does. Yeah. I'm very similar to the end of Tender. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I'm, just trying like, to, I, I'm just trying to meditate for a few seconds here, just to yeah. try and soothe myself before <laughs> I say calm. anything else. I'm well, just, see, the, deep the breathing is, for, is working. For me, I really like Blur's Tender, but it, it, it's very cheesy, and it's, it's not, I wouldn't mm. hold it up as like... This is high quality music making. This is like a fun moment. Um, and considering where music's been going, I think music quality just keeps rising and rising. And this is just not, it feels tokenistic adding it. So I'm just like, meh. It was a bit of a switch off for me. Um, but yeah, I feel it's like you might have definitely missing some shit coming back at us from, from, <laughs> from listeners about because people love Nick Cave. Really yeah, I I'm not associated with either of these two comments. Gone. Yeah, so just don't I don't. Give ship, I don't really care. And Mor- Morrissey sucks as well. We'll just throw that. <laughs> yeah. <out. laughs> that we can agree on. That we can agree on. Um, I'll go further yeah. that and say Morrissey always sucked. I never like Morrissey. Okay, so just hang on, from day one. <laughs> Who else come out later? I fucking no, hate the Beatles. Yeah. Carry on. God. <laughs> um, Top yeah. ten most hated acts we can list right now. Right, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's, go ahead just, it's just quiet, right? It's just quiet. It's just too quiet as it was an album. I mean, I mean, yeah. I know you're not, you've not all been a fan particularly, but when, when I heard it was called Carnage, I know yeah. that it's silly just to think an album's called Carnage and maybe I'm going to get, but I was like, songs like Red Right Hand and Staggerly and stuff from Nick Cage yeah. back catalog, I was like, am I going to get some of that back? Even though I've loved some of the slower stuff and I've loved, and I think the music that he's done recently has been really valuable in, in like, it's been because of stuff that's going on in his life and I think it's really important, but also I just kind of want, I'd love to see him sort of kick off again. When me and you went to see him, Nick, like the gig mm. was fantastic. Oh my God, that was great. Um, yeah. But, and the slow moments were great, but what was great about that gig was that he, he would be at the piano doing something beautiful one second and then, he, and then he'd be throwing himself around the stage and mm. the crowd would be really going for it. And I think I just missed that from him at the minute in his career. I just think... I really want his next album to really sort of let go a little bit, but I'm not sure yeah. that it will. Yeah, I think especially it's, Carnage is not just Carnage; it's written in all caps, so that's like yeah. that's an that's an <laughs> angry kind of Carnage as opposed yeah. to as opposed oh, to casual shit, the world Carnage. Is, well, like as <laughs> in I'm carnage. breaking apart and broken as a person kind of Carnage. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's 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 yeah. I mean, I think uh, I understand where the Carnage really came from. It. Getting to the end of it, even the songs like White Elephant, which are kind of around the sort of, you know, the the whole statue issue of the last few years and stuff like that. You know, I think Carnage, I do get why he's calling it Carnage, but um, it, it didn't, it's certainly not Carnage to listen to in any way. No. But, 
Yeah. Like you, should yeah. Just swap, you should just really swap the body with Carnage and his titles, really. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen all yeah, that, I want that to see. Do you know what? I've Carnage. seen all that I need to see would be a great yeah. title for this Nick Cave yeah. album. And that it is feels like you've seen all you need to see. Best, I mean, the title of the album is amazing. I've yeah. seen all I want to see. Love Let's it. just do that. Let's just call that. Um, <laughs> I'll ring Spotify. <laughs> I'll ring yeah. Spotify. We've made an executive decision. <laughs> yeah. It would, yeah, that would work a lot better. Should we move on? Right. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, I've had enough of Nick Cave. So, Fran, why don't you tell us about either Antlers or Dry Cleaning? Your choice. Do you want to know which... Do you want to know about an album I liked or do you want to know about an album I didn't like? Just pick an album and talk about it. Yeah. That's how this podcast works. Oh, fucking hell. Right, the next one I can see <laughs> is Antlers, so I'll go with that. Okay, so I was a big, big fan of Antlers 2009 album, um, Hospice, as, as many people were. Um, it was massive at the time. But somehow I, I missed that they'd released two albums in between that one and this. So when I picked Green to Gold for this list, part of the reason was I was really keen to cover their comeback album after uh, 12 years, but it's not their comeback album after 12 <laughs> years. Um, I got that totally wrong, could just missed two albums. Um, but even though I got that wrong, I still think the comparison between that album and this one is, is quite an interesting one. Um, so I loved Hospice because mm. it felt like this sort of post-rock, folk-rock album that uses like these bursts of sound and, and Peter Silverman's vocals to really represent the angst and anxiety of the songs. It was all, you know, the, the album was all about trauma. It was about falling in love with somebody who's dying. And it was like this metaphor for toxic relationships. It was really sort of um, fascinating in that respect. Um, and I think the, the fear and the trauma that were, were sort of represented by the bursts into the calm moments of the song were, were amazing, um, really interesting. And I think Green to Gold, the latest album, is is also really fascinating in the way it uses its music to convey emotion. It's such a it's a much calmer sounding album right from the start. I think the opening song Straw Flower, um, the instrumental opener is just it's so peaceful, it's so meditative, it, it's a really gorgeous little piece of music. Um and then it goes into the second song, Wheels Roll Home, and I think his voice, which I, obviously I missed two albums, so I don't know what happened in between, but it almost feels like a different person. Um, he just feels so, it feels so smooth and so soothing and so gentle. And this kind of continues across the album. Um, it feels like a record that's been written by someone who's sort of shed all that anxiety. Um, and for that reason, it just feels like a really comforting, inviting album to me. I think it's really lush. Um, there's loads of layers. It's really well produced. I think I do question sometimes whether such a calm and comforting album can kind of avoid being a bit boring at times because you know it, it does stay on a certain level I think for a lot of the album um but I think for me it comes down to mood with this art with this album I think if you listen to it at the right time it's it's perfect and I think that it, it washed it passed me by a little bit at first and I just the more I listened to it the more I sort of found it really um involving um I think there's still some of the trademark anxiety in the lyrics of songs like Stubborn Man and It Is What It Is. But the good thing about this album, I think, and I don't often say this, but is you can zone out from his words and just enjoy his voice as an instrument. It just melds really well. Um, mm. And, yeah, the last thing I wanted to say about this, and this is totally nothing to do with anything I've just said, but I just wanted to get this point across, is I think that this is the album that Fleet Foxes were absolutely desperate to make mm. with that album they made last year that we featured on. Oh, our, yeah. Um, our best of last year. I think they were, you know, I think 
they would kill to make an album like this and it does everything they were aiming for but just so much more effectively and I just think yeah just because I hated the Fleet Foxes album I wanted to get that point in um, but that's me on Antlers I liked it cool. is my main point what about you Matt I feel like you keep going last yeah go for it Matt uh, yeah, yeah I was about to say I'll jump in and so I, I uh, similarly I remember listening to Hospice like a decade ago but um, and they they always seemed like a very gentle band um mm. But at the time, I always preferred something, like, for this, like, soaring indie kind of indie folk, indie rock, I always preferred something like Grizzly Bear as opposed to this because it just had a little mm. bit more going going on. Um, uh, and I still kind of feel the same. I, I haven't... I can't see the growth as much as you can. It is mm. still... Like, this is one of the most pretty-sounding albums I've listened to in a long time. It sounds very, like, rich and just very gentle. It's like the way they're playing their instruments, it almost feels like they're allergic to them or something. <laughs> they just want to touch them for the, the briefest amounts of time. Wow. Um, and it just, it all feels very light and delicate and, like, um, like they, they barely want to intrude on you the entire time. Mm. And so, no, I think that's. I, think, I, I like, like that sentence, though. That makes sense. It did feel like that sometimes. But sorry, carry yeah. on. Yeah, no, no, no. I, that's and I think yeah, I was going to agree with you really because um, it did require a specific mindset, and so mm. it felt almost like a because of the way it is. It felt like a lullaby, and so it was very much perfect like wind down music like i've had a tough day i'll put this on or i just i'm still quite awake so i'll put it on at, like while i'm doing the dishes before i go to bed some that kind of vibe for me mm. but there wasn't many other times where i actually was like oh i really want to listen to some music um and i'm to do the washing up too now that is <laughs> kicking it, isn't it wow yeah yeah Radical. exactly so it, it's that it doesn't really cross that boundary from like something that's almost i'm not going to say i don't want to say easy listening but you keep saying it yeah today <laughs> it's twice today what else did I say was easy listening? You said the you said that the body was <laughs> easy listening. The body was easy listening. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I yeah, I said it wasn't easy listening, but it was yeah okay. But uh, yeah, you failed, I don't. Basically. Yeah, I. I, I think like easy listening is fine, though. It doesn't have to be like you know. I'm, I'm, I yeah. wouldn't sit there and easy listening has become this sort of derogatory. Of, Thing, but it, it, this is it is an easy listening album in, in a way, and that's kind yeah. of okay sometimes for an album to be easy list, easy to listen to. Um, it, it's an album for me, I think, that's easy to listen to on a level, and then if you delve in, there is more to it than that, which I think for me is something I really like in music. Um, yeah, but I do know what you mean, and also I do think you do need albums to do the washing up to. So I'm also going <laughs> to yeah. say that that's fine. I think, I think, I think you you said what I was going to say in a much more eloquent way of just like, yeah, it, it it's what it needed to be, and it filled a role. I'm, mm. It's not going to be my favorite album of the year, but that's fine. Nobody's going to get anything more eloquent than the, the thing about um, not being allergic to their instruments, though. Match, yeah. yeah. You get the award today. Well done. Oh, I'm on my up now. Yeah. You ready? You yeah. Are. Okay. Go for it. So um, there's been lots uh, of times this has happened before where uh, we've had some interesting playlist juxtapositions. Um, and to have the body run yeah. right before the antlers yeah, yeah. was a pretty hard example of that. Possibly the most extreme one we've had. Um, and I know uh, that makes it very tough, since I like the body so much, for me to adjust to the antlers as being 
something that was meant to be a kind of very mellow, almost hypnotic kind of pace. Um, but the only word that struck me when I was thinking it through was that this album is kind of watery. It's so unbelievably, it's just a lullaby of an album. And I think Matt, as I said, hit the nail on the head. It, those, the guitars, for example, are played so lightly as to hardly exist. I mean, in, in Green to Gold in particular, the, the title track, it's just, they're just not, they're just not even there. It's just, just give me something, give me something. So um, a lot of the album is very nice. Um, like Solstice, for example, I thought was a nice track. Um, but I just overall found it so, and I found the vocals, the kind of whimsy of the vocals um, also very soporific. So um, I, I was not a fan. Um, I have, and I'll just mention I've not been a fan. I've never, I've never heard of them before, honestly. So I wasn't familiar with the previous stuff. Maybe it's better than this. Um, but um, this was uh, even allowing for the fact that it was going up against the body right before it. Um, just going too far down that road of just just being um, music to fall asleep to. No, you're totally wrong about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's nonsense. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not, not that sorry. Really. Uh, it's it's the way. It's just yeah yeah. Right. Well, I, I'll start us off with dry cleaning them with new long leg. Yep. And and so yeah, I was super excited when we we said we we're going to do this because there was a ton of hype around it, and then. I hadn't listened to any of it or heard any of the songs. And normally I've heard like a single for something that's like hyped so much and I, I held off. And I was very excited with the opener. Like um, the way it kicks in, the like deadpan delivery um, and it like bounces around. And the, like the lyrics are very fun. There's some very fun imagery. Um, but it's the best track on the album. <laughs> And subsequent to that, I, th- I think I like the second track as well. But then it kind of settled into a very like consistent pattern, the same deadpan delivery, um, the same minimal music, and like the I really do like the the monotone sing like kind of talk singing. But when the music is also so monotone, mm-hmm. it just. Um, it just didn't have that much diversity to the album as a whole. Like, I'd, I'd like it as a, um, a a way to give the voice more weight by giving it that space. But um, it just musically just didn't have that much more to, like, just add some, like, interests or twists as you went through, like, 40 minutes or however long the album was. Mm. So... Yeah, like, I I feel like if you're going to go for something that's a little off-kilter, if everything is off-kilter, then, like, you don't notice it as much and it doesn't become special or have novelty or charm anymore. So I was, yeah, I was disappointed. I'll still listen to the the only tracks, but it's not an an album that I'm going to listen to, I don't think. Mm. Who wants to jump in? I will. I will. You go, you go, you go. Um, Yeah, overall, I enjoyed the album. um, And I thought the the dry, uh, in dry cleaning was obviously intentional, the sort of calm, hilarious, dry stories that that the singer tells. Um, And it reminded me a little bit of a band that I really love, uh, Art Brute. Um, Mm. But Everything uh, reminds you of Art Brute. Just want to put that in there. I'm sure that comes up once an episode. Exactly right, yeah, so true. (laughs) Once an episode, Art Brute comes up, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, so it reminded me of that, except it was a lot less funny, a lot less interesting, a lot less energetic, but broadly speaking, attempting the same kind of thing. Um, I thought there were several songs on it that were 
high points. I thought Leafy was probably the sort of most amusing song, and Her Hippo was probably my personal favourite because musically it sounded kind of like so kind of that 80s guitar indie band energy. Um, I think there is a but though, like there was for Matt, which is I think there's been my impression has been there's been a hell of a lot of buzz around this oh, yeah. this band, and it's been everyone's going off off the fucking charts on it. Um, so if I'm if I'm right about that, I think I think it, it doesn't set the world on fire uh, to me. Um, it, it's fine. It, it's it's you know it's it's ent- it's entertaining. Um, it doesn't really move me, and it doesn't really uh, engage me to the point where I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to stick dry cleaning on. That sounds great. You know, I'm not really hooked in that to that level. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was um, I think it was a, a bit of, a bit disappointing. Um, but I, you know, I'm glad it was on the list. I'm glad I got to hear it since everyone's you know talking about it as like the of the year and whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think it was uh, just good, not great. Fran? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like Matt, um, I was very excited. There's been so much hype, so many people rave about it. Um, it. It supposedly sits in a genre that I'm generally pretty excited about at the minute. I think there's a lot of good stuff coming out. Um, I heard Scratch Yard, Lanyard, which is the opening track, and it, it mm. never really, it didn't grab me totally when I first heard it, but I did feel like it would probably be the kind of thing that would grow on me. Uh, but after a month with this album, I'm, I'm just waiting for any of it to grab me in any way. It, it just doesn't at all. I think um, musically it has some interesting-ish moments, like a few interesting bits of guitar. Um, the guitarist doesn't always feel like he fits with the band, and that's probably the most interesting thing about it. Um, but there's nothing that particularly gets me excited at any point um, in this album. And when it comes to the vocal delivery, well, she sounds bored as fuck all the way through. <laughs> yeah. So I don't see how I'm expected to ever be anything other than bored as fuck as well. Like, I assume this is supposed to be this part of the part of the appeal here, this sort of disaffected, look at me, I'm so cool vibe. But it just feels like someone who doesn't give a shit, so I'm not left giving a shit. Um one of the most amazing things that I've read in a lot of the reviews and a lot of the stuff out there is how lyrically it's so inventive and so interesting. It, is it? It just feels like an album set up to make the band seem like they're really the coolest thing on the planet and it, it bores me to tears. Um, I think it's very Britpop. It's very Britpop. It feels mm. like it, um, it feels like an amalgamation of like all these bands that were out in the middle of the night is like Sleeper and a bit of Pulp and a bit of all these people who just like to yeah I don't know I don't know it's just it's I don't know why it's so it's so big and it's so interesting to people um, it reminds me of a band I don't when you say that it's good it reminds me of a band called Menswear do you remember that band Menswear from the I yeah, do yeah, they Menswear, were yeah. they were definitely like third division players in that scene gotta say but they were like there was people out there hyping them to hell yeah. oh yeah they were on the enemy covered the enemy for like a year yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think I feel like maybe that's what's happening with dry cleaning. But then I know people love it, and I do feel like uh, when we come to do our Mercury episode, there's going to be a few of us <laughs> very disappointed about <laughs> the Mercury winner this year because I feel like this might be it. Yeah, um, I can believe that. But yeah, I don't have a lot else to say than that. It was a big disappointment because the the hype I'd been seeing, I was I was excited, and I'm, I'm I, I do feel like after quite a lot of really exciting sort of guitar post-punky music for a while it has died off a little bit this year so i was i was hoping the shame album's the only one this year that i've really got into and i was kind of yeah. hoping this would be this would be the next one and, and it just it just wasn't um i just didn't like it yeah well, it doesn't lay a glove to the shame album no it doesn't and it's yeah i'm yeah so that's me on that one really um yeah but i i did i'm surprised i mean i'm interested actually that you you know, Nick, I know you got some enjoyment out of it, but I'm interested because I kind of thought 
I must be getting something wrong here from everything that I've seen. I thought I must be missing something, but it so doesn't you're looking sound for validation like... from me, basically. No, I define well, I'm just what quite you think is cool. Is that what you're saying? I'm quite interested to hear that the three of us were not. No, no one was blown away by it. I expected yeah. someone to be. Um, yeah. But hey, here we we've, are. We've had a remarkable amount of consensus this uh, this mm. month. Yeah, it's, it's starting to worry me slightly. Yeah. Bit of antlers disagreement, bit of Nick Cave disagreement. But, yeah, know. but it's not. There's no one who loves something and someone hates it. I mean, I love the well. Yeah. Do I love the antlers? I like the antlers a lot. Nick doesn't like it at all. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I don't. Talk? Know. Yeah, this this month for me was maybe the weakest in a very long time. I mm. I, I find it quite funny when I like my first playthrough. I was like, these picks are so quintessentially. Um, Nick and so quintessentially Fran because <laughs> we have like some indie folks some post-punk for Fran and then we have some like Nick Cave and some <laughs> metal yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah but that isn't to speak to the quality it's just more the genre and um, the quality just I don't think any of them were particularly stellar examples of their genre in that sense um, the consensus is quite refreshing because I was ready to be quite bored by the fact that everyone was going to kick off about the body being shit and everyone was going to talk about try clean being amazing of the two of you so i'm quite pleased yeah. that we had some common ground there because it sort of broke the broke the sort of tracks we've been on of just like i like every noise core album and drone album yeah. and you like every folk album kind of thing. was probably my second favorite which was the body the body was probably my wow. second favorite album after the antlers um hey and it's I probably will never go back to the body again, so that shows you like where this playlist sat <laughs> for me. But um, you should put those yeah. two on a playlist of their own, just mix them. That'd be fucking men. Yeah, what a change! Oh up god, <laughs> you just you want to cry for one second, and yeah. then you want to cry in a different <laughs> way. Different in the next way second. <laughs> so true, yeah. so true. Yeah, cool. Okay, right. Well, that's yeah. No good, no good. We'll yeah, skip this I, I month th- I then. Thought this, no, I don't agree, though. I thought Carnage and Body was <laughs> was uh, good and Dry Cleaning was, you know, okay. So uh, I, th- I got yeah. some things out of it and I, I've, we've had worst episodes. But yeah. Yeah, it was never That's a playlist I wanted, to, I wanted to stick on. I did struggle to, like the, you know, I had to force myself mm. to, yeah. to listen to this playlist a lot more than I do usually. Um, I think part of that was the, the listening to a lot of good new releases so it was kind of oh do I want to go and listen to this album I'm really enjoying or do I want to go and listen to Cool Keith talk about getting wanked off um, <laughs> could you not say that again please could you just never say that again sorry thanks God. cool well there was there was there was definitely one good part of the playlist right the antlers the <laughs> Bombay Bicycle Club oh right okay the BBC yeah BBC yeah. so I'm going to tell you a little bit about them um so for me, they remind me a lot of uni. And I remember trying a, a little bit to convince Fran at the time to to listen to them. But I could also tell that he wasn't that interested pretty early on. <laughs> um, but I'm good. I've just thought I'd have another go at inflicting them on him. A lot's changed and since then, mate. So you never yeah, know. a lot's changed. And they've they've also changed as well a little bit and had a little bit more diversity to them. So I thought maybe... Um, but they, they definitely like they came around at the time of like landfill indie right and you can see where they could fit within that uh, landscape but I think when you compare to some of their contemporaries that they were coming out at the same time as like Young Knives, The Holloways, Cajun Dance Party like they were a step above they were more uh, in line with bands like Metronomy who've actually I just lasted one 
Is it about yep, Cajun, Cajun dance party? Dance party. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask as well. <laughs> Did you just make a band up? Yeah, you made up. He was in it. <laughs> they were. They were. They were actually very. Trying to pitch it. Never heard of them. They were very fun. Terrible oh, name. Yeah, that's that's your Add next. Add to the list of terribly your... named bands that Matt likes. <laughs> that's so your homework. You need to listen to listen to one of the occasion dance party song. I'll send the, I'll I'll send you one after this. Yeah, very okay. much. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they carry a lot of the trademarks of the music at the time. I think the, like the choppy guitars, the way like the songs kind of ebb and flow in a very um, not surprising way, but. Um, there's like very like slower parts and then it gets quite aggressive at times there's a lot of repetition a lot of backing vocals um but like i said i think they do it better than most other people the hooks are catchier um i find the lyrical focal point that they put forward often resonates more it has more substance um because i think they often find a single a single line um and then they'll repeat that a lot um but that line often speaks a lot to me at least maybe not to you guys but i i often mm. really like that focal point that they come up with um i think his his voice is really interesting it's really distinct i know for a fact that a lot of people hate his voice so i'm curious to see where you guys land on that i think that is what you didn't used to like fran about them you are so, so defensive I, I, on this on this band yeah Matt. wow you are just like ready for us to kick the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, i put i'm so i was I'm with the body i suppose yeah yeah but i think it adds i think the voice adds to the distinction of them it adds to the uniqueness of their sound which is hard to have when you are coming from a uh, like a genre and a time where it was the floodgates were open on your genre um and i think some one of the ways they tried to get around that as well is they released this first album which was a massive success it was very like canonical indie rock and then to follow that up they released uh, an entirely acoustic album um which was flaws and it it, it was it's i think an astonishing and beautiful album because it came out around the same time as like the folk movement was also starting to kick off as well um and they played a big uh, role in that as being one of the most um known bands who were pushing folk um and it, it won like oh it didn't win but it was nominated for the ivan novello so it wasn't just me and also a mercury it. nomination as well at some point yeah yeah the first album got a mercury nomination um so it was uh, it, like it was critically rated obviously um and I think really that second album showed their range as songwriters. They weren't just a bunch of kids with electric guitars. They could actually write genuine songs. Um, and since then, they've kind of followed the trends. They've trended a little away from guitars. They have some more electronic drums, synths and samples, and an overall kind of hazier sound to them. But I don't think that's done them a disservice because they've also maintained their unique sound. Something It always sounds like one of their songs. Um, and then another important part, I think, is uh, for some of the tracks, you might notice a, a female vocalist, and that is Lucy Rose. And that's how she broke out as someone who helped them record um, from, I think, their second album, maybe their third album as well, um, added an extra dimension to them. And then she made her name and was able to go solo. But, yeah, overall, I just think they're a really good example of indie rock. And 
some of their songs are some of my favorites like always like this is it's very cheesy it's very um boppy uh, chirpy <laughs> as as nick would say Chippy. but it it is a song i've listened to thousands of times um and i can always put on and it'll make me smile so uh yeah so yeah, so I mean, it goes without saying. Talk first? It goes without saying that we both hated it. So who do you want us to slate first? Who, who do you want us to kick um, off about it? I mean, I don't. Who 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 do you reckon hates it the most? <laughs> let's go let's to start Nick with first. Let's go to Nick first. <laughs> I, I'm, go, Nick. Um, the, the only thing I hate about this band is its name. Uh, I actually really was glad that I got. I was forced to get past the name. Um, I've heard a lot about them in the past, uh, and I put it off because I didn't like the name. But it really was actually <laughs> quite enjoyable, um, and I really got into a lot of it. Um, I think the variety of the pacing uh, was good. Uh, there was lots of instrumentation changes, and you mentioned that acoustic album, which was obviously clearly um, a change of direction for them. Um, I think it was uh, it was a little bit, I mean, I know it's a precursor, but it was a little bit in the like everything-everything school of song construction for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a band who I love. Um, I know they're, they're younger. Um but yeah, so so in that sense, I got into it on that basis as well. Um, so I really enjoyed it. There were, there were some moments, in fact, that it sounded um, actually almost heavy. You know, there were some moments when it sounded, there was some like bit of driving bass and stuff. You know, it kind of gave it a good good amount of range, which was really really interesting uh, to me. So I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it wasn't flawless. Um, there were a couple of tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ivy and Gold was one I wrote down, and Lights Out Words Gone, um, which I found. Um, a little bit irritating. I think maybe it's because they're a bit too chirpy. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was the, literally the last word I wrote on the notes was chirpy, and you hadn't even said it yet. <laughs> so, yeah, other than that, though, uh, no, I, I did enjoy it, and um, I'm glad I got through it. I'm glad I got to hear it. So, yeah, so thank you. Awesome. Um, okay, so it's interesting that you talked about um, uni and about um, trying to get me into this band, because the first kind of thing I've written down was... I was just really surprised when I stuck this playlist on about how much of it I knew, um, particularly the early stuff, because I've seen Bombay Bicycle Club on shitloads of uh, festival lineups headlining, and I've heard the name a lot, but I felt like they were a band that had totally passed me by, but they must have seeped in somehow. and um, Through the walls. Yeah, well, that's exactly to, what I've written. I used to <laughs> play that a lot. Yeah, well, exactly what I've written is I must have heard it through the walls <laughs> when we lived together. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I think, I think I didn't like it particularly then because I, I think part of part of what maybe you know my tastes have changed a lot over the years. I, I, Oasis was still my favorite band when I started uni, so um, <laughs> I'm a long way away from that now. Um, but yeah, what what also interested me, I suppose, about this playlist was how they are a more varied and changeable band than I kind of had them down for. I think, although I really recognise those opening songs and, and never play, probably they didn't stick with me before. Um, I like those songs, so I don't love them. Um, always like this is is very good, um, but I, you know, I don't think it stands out above some of the contemporaries. What they remind me of a little bit in those early ones are a band that me and you really did get into together, Matt, which was the Maccabees, a band that we listened oh, yeah. to a lot. Um, and they do remind me of them in that that early stuff, which was which was nice. Um, but then they transition into You Already Know, um, which is a song with one of my favourite artists, um, Catherine Williams, who I really love. I was really surprised to see her pop up. Um, and I, that started a run in the playlist of songs that I was really, really into. Um, I particularly enjoyed the three songs from the the album Flaws, um, and I'll be checking that album mm. out in full. I particularly like the, t- the title song. 
Um, this probably isn't that surprising because this is when they become a bit more folky. Um, so it makes sense that that's where I'd get into them. And yeah, and then I enjoy some of the stuff as we as we go on. Um, but I would say um, you've mentioned the repetition and, and that is something that does great on me a little bit as we get further into the playlist. I feel there are certain songs um, where there's just too much repetition for me. I, I struggle with how many times he says, can you bag me up on how can you swallow so much sleep? He just says, yeah. he must say it 300,000 times. Um, but it is interesting to me that um, it ties in with a lot of discussions we've had about our tastes on this podcast. That You know, you a lot of the bands that you've you've featured on this, why I love Metronomy, LCD Sound System, and they, they use a lot of repetition. Um and that's, you know, that's not a bad thing necessarily, but I suppose it's that thing of you always talk about um, that what grabs you most about music in the first instance is the is the beats and the and the catchy elements and stuff like that, whereas for me it's, it's often lyrics. So it's that's interesting to me. But other than that, slight issue with the repetition, there's nothing bad on this playlist. For me, it felt like a bit of a sandwich, really. It was um, some stuff that's good but not great on either side and then a really lovely bit of filling in the middle. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just glad I got to listen to it. And Good. I, I just need that repetition just to I, get it in my head. Yeah. Well, sometimes the repetition's too much, you know. It's just, it feels a bit like they've run out of ideas and they only know eight words. But um, <laughs> but it was only on a few occasions. And generally, yeah. they, they're, they're a much more interesting band than I had them down for. I'm trying to think of the kind of bands I had in my head. Um, who I thought they would probably like, but I can't, you know, you know the ones that just stick around. For, the, the Strokes would be an example. Yeah. A band that just seems to stick around and I don't get why because they never do anything different, but they this band do different things and they keep doing different things and I like that about them. Um, but yeah, Flaws is the stuff that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I I thought that Flaws would be the uh, catch point for you. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't I'm, think I'm glad you both got... Yeah. I'm glad you both got something from it. Mm, I, uh, absolutely. I, that, went, that went better than I thought it would. I, I'm getting that impression, my, yeah. yeah you could tell. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, I have noticed that, I like, especially from this, um, from, like, a decade or more ago, I just obsessed with bands that just would say the same thing over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> It is, it's interesting. It's interesting because it's something that I find quite... Although I, I, I'm no Nick's probably thinking about me liking the Porridge Radio album mm, while I'm saying this. I was going to bring it up. Yeah. I was going to go back there. <laughs> but, like, in general, repetition is something that doesn't... I don't do very well with and, and I find a little bit irritating. So it's quite interesting to me that, you know, I think that's at least three people you've featured now who, who do tend to use repetition a lot and it, it's quite interesting what do you think it is like why do you think repetition oh, it's, it's, does it for you it's it's because i'm a, i'm a simple boy and yeah. it's it's all about quality not quantity you gotta but get it is quantity why, why, why not have like uh quantity is exactly one, what you get to two or three lines that are really good that you just you don't need any more than that song should be like 15 seconds long by that logic though all right, and listen, say the one not, line I'm once not, and then you're out of there. Yeah, I'm not slagging Bombay Bicycle and I don't want to get into a book yeah, where I am yeah. slagging them off. But when you're talking yeah. about quality, can you can you bag me up is a line that he repeats all the way through how can you swallow so much sleep? Yeah. What's the quality in that line? 
Yeah, well, I, I, that's not that's not a good point. Yeah. That's, that's okay. not one we should focus on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you put it on the playlist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fair game. Fair game. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. In general, cool. I was impressed, so I won't start slagging them off because yeah. there's no need. No. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, their name is terrible. If I went to a festival now and they were on, I would go and see them. In the past, Mm. I've been at festivals where they've been and I haven't gone and seen them. So Mm. you've done your job Uh, there, I suppose. They're also very good live and Mm. a very, very, very good live act. Um, So you've done yourself a disservice in the past. Yeah. I mean, I think they were clashing with PJ Harvey when out. Well, okay. I I get it. I get it. Fair enough. Right. Great. Should we get out of here? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So next time round... Um, we have a bunch of new albums. Um, my my picks for next next time around are the the new Tony Allen release with "There Is No End" and the Squid album "Bright Greenfield." Please be better than dry cleaning Squid. Yeah, <laughs> I've gone with McKinley Dixon for my mama and anyone who looked like her, and Porter Robinson's "Nurture." And I will be doing the, choosing the classic, which is Minnie Ripperton's Perfect Angel. And um, my Why I Love, I will be covering a, a, a British folk artist called John Smith. Um, I feel like after doing Bowie and a few other big names, I should probably go back to someone who's, who's not quite as well known. So, yeah, I'll be covering John Smith. Awesome. Great. Cool. Check out pickybees.com. Uh, I'll do a list. Don't forget all our social channels, like our Facebook. It's our Facebook's flying. I went on the website the other day. The, the, the widget is still on the, fa- on the uh, website, so we just, just yeah. totally blank because they locked us out. <laughs> yeah, don't look for our Facebook. We do look for our Twitter, at Picky Bastards. Right. Right. Great. Right. 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 See everyone next time. See you soon. Bye. Yeah.